0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Before I even begin speaking on Coming Alive, I want to tell all of our guests and friends here today. There's an agenda for you today. You came and somebody brought you to church, and we're just so happy you came. But I want to let you know that we planned this day for you. And here's what our prayer is today, if you're here for the first time. Our prayer is that as you hear the Word of God, that you may let God's words work in your heart. That you may shatter every wall and every pretense and every excuse why you shouldn't give your heart to Jesus. Because we believe, I believe that after this sermon is preached, you're going to have to make a decision. And we pray that you make the decision of inviting Jesus in your heart. I made that decision August 16, 1989, under a broken tent in Bronx, New York. Today, you have to make that choice. And we want to encourage you to allow the word of God work in you. Because at the end of this message, it's your turn to make that choice. And we pray you make that choice. Second thing I want to encourage you is that we will be baptizing people today. People are coming, people who accepted Jesus Christ decided to get baptized. Should you want to get baptized today, we have that prepared for you. We have a whole bunch of bags with shorts, t-shirts, underclothes, deodorant, cream, spray, So that you can join us today as we get baptized, which literally baptism represents spiritual death in the water, resurrection in Christ. What a better day to get baptized than on Resurrection Sunday. So, we want to encourage you to open your heart. Today, I'm going to talk about come alive. And I want to start off by saying this truth. And the truth is... That there's an unfortunate reality and that unfortunate reality is this that many people don't know how life was intended to be lived people think that living is 40-hour jobs nine to five dropping the kids at the daycare going to work coming out stuck in traffic coming back, pick up the kids, go home, cook, watch sports, watch television, watch soap operas, watch this, go to sleep. And we do this on and on. And for many of us, we feel that this is living, especially those of us that migrated from our countries. We consider this to be the American dream. And the American dream for many of us is living a normal life, which is composed of work, children, raising kids, going to work, coming home. But I want to let you know The reality. And that is that underneath the surface of normalcy, what the world has decided to be normal, underneath normalcy, there's a true purpose for your life. What we live today, we conclude that's normal living. But I am here today to let you know that that is not living. That is what the norm, what society has defined as living. But it's not God's original intent when it comes to living. Now, I remember when I was a kid, um, born and raised in the Bronx. Most of my life I was raised in projects. Uh, 183rd and Webster Avenue, if you're from the Bronx, you know, it's Fordham Road, Webster Avenue. If you don't know, good for you. Yeah, we, we, we didn't wake up to alarm clocks. We woke up to gunshots. Pa, pa, pa. Oh, 7 o'clock, let's go to work. Okay. Um, and, and back in my days, back in my days, we didn't have uh, uh, Xbox and PS3s and, and them games. Uh, the, the, I, I, I think the most advancement we had in terms of game was, and yeah, you, you don't know how old I am when I say this ColecoVision. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't know about that. Remember Coleco? <laughs> okay, all right, let's go look for Nintendo, remember Nintendo? Okay. Uh, Galaga, remember Galaga? You know McGallagher and Miss Pac-Man? waka waka. Boom. Waka, waka. Okay. But I come up, I come from a family of 11 brothers and sisters. And we lived in the projects. And in my room alone, in my room alone, we had four of my brothers living, sleeping in my room. We had two bunk beds and Actually, it was, I think it was five. Two bunkers and a single bed. And, and we would we sleep there. And, 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 and back, in, back in my days, you know, uh, we had to get creative playing games because we didn't have the technology we have today. And so we used to always play this game called hide and seek. And I remember uh, one of, when, when it was when, when, when one of my brothers was it, he had to go somewhere upstairs because although I lived in a project with like a two-floor apartment in projects, he would go upstairs and he would count to 20 or 30, I don't remember. And we would all run looking for places to hide. And of all of the rooms, of all of the rooms in the apartment where we lived at, my closet was the biggest. I'm talking about it was the biggest. And in my closet, I remember uh, uh, we would have have the hamper when you open the closet. And that's what we had. Now, you have to bear in mind, it was four to five brothers living in one room. Okay? Let me give you perspective um, our sneakers stunk, uh, uh, we were teenagers, so, so we was just smelly and we would play basketball and we was just, it, it, the odor that came in my closet was like Dungeons and Dragons on crack. I'm talking, about, it, was just, it was just, it was just crazy. The smell. But 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 I but I, I would always want to hide there because it was a big closet. And then in that closet we had clothes for all four or five of us. But the thing was you had the hamper that stunk, then you had a whole bunch of shoes. Remember, Ike, all the shoes? We had a whole bunch of shoes, and then behind the shoes, then you had the clothes, and, and I would go all the way behind the clothes, all the way in the back, and I would, I would get in between shirts and sweaters and coats, and I would go to the winter section, and, and I would stay here where all the coats were at. and I was just there, and, and, and when he would count, five, four, three, two, one, he would start looking for everybody, and it was crazy because most of my brothers and sisters would get caught. Because they would hide in common places. But I would go in that closet and I would get all the way in the back. So if you were really going to find me, you had to be willing to take the risk of smelling stinky socks. <laughs> getting behind disgusting sneakers and shoes. Past the clothes section. Past the winter section. To find me in the middle of clothes. And we used to play hide and seek. I mean, it was, it was, it was our version of, of, of Xbox, PS3. That, that was it for us. We love that game. And so we got married. Obviously I got married. I got two kids. I got two dogs. Three kids. I was gonna say three kids, two dogs. Okay. We got married and and I still play hide and go seek today. With my Chihuahua and my my little dog, I got a I got a I got a the white dog has an identity crisis. He don't know what he is. A chihuahua, a poodle. He's a mix, right? So, so I got my chihuahua, and I got, and I got my, and I got my, my baby poodle. Um, chihuahua slash poodle, whatever you want to call it. And and and, and sometimes I, I, I put my, I put my dogs, and I put them in the in the living room, and then I go run to my room because in my room I have a big closet, and in my closet I have the shoes, and i stinky, by the way. I have the shoes, and then I have the clothes, and I get behind the clothes, right? And I close the door, and and and, and I told Petri, I told my wife, honey, honey, hold the dogs. Until I call him. And and then while the dogs are sitting down, I go, Neil, Neil, are you? Neil, Neil, are you? I go, and and Neil's ears begin to go like this, right? And he starts looking, and his tail is flapping, and he's running all over the house trying to find me. And and he doesn't know where I'm at. But but different from my brothers and sisters, my dog have a good sense of smell. So and it's crazy because my wife is telling the dogs. Neil, check the closet. But thank God dogs don't speak English. Because he's saying Neil, he's in the closet, go to the closet, like, baby, shut up. But, but he doesn't understand English. So, so what he goes with, he goes by his sense of smell. And he, because he knows that I produce a odor, I produce a scent, I produce a smell. So all he does is while he's trying to find me, he's looking, he's sensing, he's smelling the smell. And it's, it's crazy because my brother will take so long to find me, but not my dog. My dog will find me instantaneously because he had a sense of smell. And so I bring that analogy to tell you this today. That when it comes to us human beings, we have a problem. We have a human problem. And the problem that we have is that we're all born into sin. The human problem is this, that that we were submerged beneath the stench of sin. We were submerged beneath disobedience through traumatizing experiences in our lives, whether it's abuse, whether it's pain, and they have kept us in a position of hiding. Broken. And sometimes, that's why I say, the world says normal living is this. But let me tell you, that's not life. Because some people have the house, have the car, have the profession, have the doctorate, have a PhD, have money. But in their hearts, they're hurting, they're broken, they're callous, they're in sin, there's a stench in them. You thought buying a new house was going to make you happy. Now you got a new house and you're still unhappy. You thought getting married was going to bring you joy. You went to the altar, went to your honeymoon, spent $7,000, and now your back's hang. I am not happy. Because there's a human problem, my friend. And the human problem is that you cannot solve your dilemma by yourself. You can't do it. That's the bad news. The bad news is the Bible says, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Black, white, yellow, red people. All have sinned and come short to the glory of God. Not only were we sinned, But the Bible says in Romans that the wages of sin is death. And look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, as for you, you were dead in your own transgressions and sin, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit Who is now at work in those who are disobedient. What is the Bible saying? That because of our disobedience, we were castigated, ostracized because of our transgressions. Look what it says, verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time. Check this out. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires of our thoughts. Like the rest. We were rule. we were by nature deserving of wrath. Many today can identify with the scripture because of sin, because of our mistakes, because of the fact that we were born into sin. The reality is many people are living aimless lives, and here's why. Not because you're a sinner, because we're all sinners, but because we have not allowed Jesus Christ in our hearts. See, the problem, the problem with, the, my problem is not my sin. That's not my problem. My problem is that I do not embrace the Savior who can deal with my sin. My problem is not sin. God dealt with sin. The problem is, am I willing to allow God to change my life? But the question is, some of us don't want to do it because we just want to stay hiding. We want to stay behind the dirty hamper. We want to stay behind the dirty sneakers. We rather stay behind dirty clothes. We rather stay behind the dark and we rather stay here. And the question I ask you today, what is causing you to hide? What is it? What is causing you to hide? Is it your sin? Is it your past? Keeps you hiding. Is it your hurts? So you'd rather just hide and not expose your pain because you don't want nobody to know. It's it's the traumas of life? You see, death is defined as separation. We define death different from what death really means. Because we define death as the separation between body and soul. That's how, we do, that's how we in the natural world, define death, not understanding that there is a third component in our existence, and many, unfortunately, many don't live in the complete realm of life. See, we were not just composed of body and soul. We were composed of body, soul and spirit. And because of sin, this is crazy, because of sin, we were all dead. So here's what happens. The world, many people in the world are living life dead. Many people are zombies living, but they're dead. Because you think that life is body, soul. But there's a third component that God is after today God brought you here today friend to let you know he is seeking after you like my dog was looking for me and like my brothers were searching for me behind the smelly hamper behind the stinky sneakers behind the messed up clothes hiding in the back of my mess God is saying I've come to look for you because I want you to come alive and here's why because I want you to realize that your body and your soul without the spirit is not a complete life and here's what I want you to do I want you to realize that if you allow me in, I will give you the part of you that is significant to who you are. This takes me to a story in the Bible. The first family in Scripture found in Genesis. The Bible says in chapter 2, verse 17, look what the Bible says. God tells Adam, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. This is to me. And y'all know the story. Adam and Eve ate from the fruit. Here's what did not happen. They didn't die instantly. They did not experience immediate death when they ate from the tree. But God tells them, don't eat from it, because if you eat from it, you're going to die. So the question is, did they die or did they not die? Here's what happened when they experienced bit of the tree here's what they experienced they experienced instant spiritual death when they decided to eat from the fruit of the tree and this my friend is where we see the first hide and seek scenario in the Bible God told Adam don't eat from the tree you will die Adam disobeyed Adam sinned and here's what happened check this out The moment Adam and Eve ate from the tree, the Bible says they realized that they were naked and they covered themselves with leaves and they hid from the presence of God look what the bible says in genesis chapter 3 verse 8 and 9 it says then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord god as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden but the lord called to the man and he asked him where are you Because that's what sin does. Sin puts you behind dirty hampers, behind smelly sneakers, behind dirty clothes, and puts you in a closet. Your trauma and your past and your pain puts you behind stinky mess and traumatizing experience because the enemy wants you locked up in a closet, making you feel that as long as you work your 40 hours and you have a nice car and you have a good home and you make your payments on time that you're living life. I'm here to tell you God is in the middle of your garden, in the middle of your house, in the middle of your situation, and he's asking you where are you because what you're living is not life i am the giver of life the enemy has a lot of people hiding behind the disguise of success the enemy has a lot of people hiding behind a career the enemy has a lot of people hiding behind titles and positions he has people living deceived making them making them think that as long as they remain hiding they are okay but God brought me here and God brought you here to hear this God is after you listen to me i told you the problem of human nature. But now here's the solution. God is after you. Do you understand what I'm saying? God brought you here to tell you I am desperately after you. I know you've been crying. I know you've been hurt. I know your upbringing was bad. I know they talked about I know everything you've been through and I know why you're behind your little closet hiding in your pain. But I'm here to tell you God brought me here to tell you that he is after you. Not when you get it right. Not before you mess up. But right in the middle of your mess, God is knocking at the door of your heart and he is saying, where are Jesus said this in Luke 19.10. He said, for the son of man, listen to me, came to seek and to save. I'm glad he didn't just come to save me. I'm glad he came to find me. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad he saved me. I'm, I'm glad he said. But when, when the Bible says, the Lord came to seek, that means he was looking for me. To seek. Have you ever lost $5? Have you ever lost the keys of your car? Ha, have you ever lost your wallet? All right, girls. Have you ever lost your makeup bag? We ain't going nowhere till I find my mask, my, my Maybelline, and my, my, my Sephora. When you lose, Jesus... This is crazy. God sent Jesus to the world to seek, to seek you. He was after you. He came to the planet looking for you. There is no such thing as true life until Christ enters one's heart. Why? Why? Because the moment Christ enters in your heart, that's when the spiritual life begins to operate in your life. So the question is, what causes us to hide? What causes us to hide? I don't know. But let me tell you this. The same thing that causes us to hide, which is sin, sin causes us to hide. Think about think about when somebody robs, they rob at night, right? When somebody does an evil thing, they look for the most darkest area, put on a hoodie, right? Everybody does evil. There's a song they used to go, "The freaks come out at night." we oh, yeah, about that. Okay. Because sin and darkness go hand in hand. But here's what's crazy. When Jesus came to the world, he came to seek and to save what was lost. And when Jesus embraced on the cross the sin of the world... Here's what he didn't do. He didn't do what we do. When we sin, we hide. Jesus, when he grabbed the sin of the entire world, he didn't go behind a closet, behind a hamper. He went in public and he died. And everybody saw that this Savior was carrying the weight of the sin. Listen, there's no reason for you to be hiding in the closet of pain when Jesus took the sin and died in public. There's no reason why. You should be living in despair, hiding in the closet of your struggles when Jesus came in public to take your sin and take my sin. Jesus died in public so that we can come out of the dark. Jesus came looking, looking, where is he, where is he, where is she, where is she? The son of man came to save and to seek and to find what was lost. And I'm glad that when he decided to find me, he wasn't looking for perfection. He wasn't looking for a perfect, clean person. He was looking for a ratchet, messed up, jacked up person like me. The life we live on earth is only a rehearsal of the true life That we are called and designed to live. But you need to understand this. In this world, there are two natures. There are two existences. You have what we call those that know the Bible. I want to explain it for those that don't. The Bible talks about the first Adam. That's the one in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. But then the Bible talks about the second Adam. The first Adam is where we were all born into. That's what the Bible says. We were all born in sin and shapen in iniquity, because of this first Adam, we begin our lives dead and merely existing. Because of the first Adam, listen. When you was born, you know everybody celebrated your birthday, the day you were born. But in the spiritual realm, you was born dead. So your birth is your death date. Let me explain. The Bible says in Psalms 51 and 5, it says, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, I was born into sin. And you know what the Bible says in Romans 3? It says that the wages of sin is death. Anybody who was born into sin, God sees them dead. So from the moment we were born, we were born dead. Why? Because the part of us that is really us, not the body, not the soul, the spirit was dead because of sin. And that's why Adam brought us. He brought us death. But thank God for the second Adam because now through Jesus Christ, we are born in a new birth through Jesus Christ, our Savior. The first Adam, we died. Second Adam, you can't die. That's why Paul said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The only thing that dies when I come to Christ is sin. The only thing that dies when I come to Christ is all the things I put in that closet of my life. That's what the Bible says in Romans five, fifteen. But the gift is not like the trespass. In other words, what God is giving me is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and God's gift that came by the grace of one man. Jesus Christ overflow to many. This is to me, church. God the Father, launch a full-scale offensive approach. When he found you in your sin and you was hiding in your closet, God planned a, he planned a device. And he said, we got to do something about Mary, about Matthew. And I know they all jacked up and they all dirty. But here's the plan. I'm coming to the earth to save them, to clean them, to restore them, to renew them. So Jesus decides to launch an invasion in the realm of sin and death. Which brings me to the good news. The great news. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us. Oh, God, what kind of love is that? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. He made us come alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So, friend... It is God, the one who makes us righteous. It is God, the one who makes us righteous. Pastor, what is righteous? Take out the prefix, the, the, take out the part that says, just yes, God wants to make you right. God wants to make you right. And Jesus is the one who justifies us through, through himself. So here's what God wants to do. He wants to do what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Pastor, but you don't understand what's in my closet. Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. Pastor, the sins I've committed. Jesus is saying in Romans chapter 5 there is no condemnation. I didn't come to the planet to condemn you. I didn't come to the planet to curse you. I came to the planet to die on the cross and don't get it twisted. Three days later I was going to resurrect in power so that you can understand. There is no no condemnation Yeah, you were dirty you was a mess you were distorted there's no reason to love you but my love is not based on your perfection my love is based on what I want to do through you so God brought you here to tell you that he's been seeking for you here's what's crazy God asked Adam where are you the crazy thing is God knew exactly where he was because God is omniscient. God knows everything. So when God asks Adam, "Where are you?" it doesn't mean that God didn't know where Adam was. But God asks Adam the question for Adam to reflect, "What am I doing hiding? What am I doing hiding?" Today the Lord brought you here so that you can reflect. Why am I hiding when God is calling me by my name? Why am I hiding if God died for me on the cross? Why am I hiding if he paid a price so that I can be saved? Why am I hiding? There's no reason to be hiding. Jesus wants to give us life. Our definition of life is body, soul. God's definition of life is spirit, body, and soul. Now here's the great thing. Not only God wants to make you clean. Because he was dirty. He was a mess. He had dirt in his face, dirt in his ears, dirt in his eyes. He was dirty. He was ugly. He was a mess. But here's what's crazy about God. If all God did was reverse the order of my life and made me clean again, that's enough reason to serve God. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Right? I don't know about you, but when I remember where I come from, when I remember the things I used to do and how God made me clean, oh God, I come to church, I praise the Lord, I give Him thanks. That's why every time I come to the house of the Lord, there's always a praise because when I think of His goodness and what He's done for me, if God did anything, if God did no more in my life, I have enough reason because I was once blind, but now I see. I was once dead, but now I'm alive. So that's enough reason to praise God. But the crazy thing is, that God doesn't just want you to be alive. John ten ten, The Bible says this. The thief comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy. That, that thief in that Bible is the devil. He comes to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come that you may have life. He wants you to have life. And what is life? The spirit alive in you. But then, aside from life, he says, I want you to have life, common." that means just more, and life abundantly. This is life. When God enters in your heart, when today he's going to enter in your heart, my friend, today you're going to give Jesus your life. And in your spirit, you're going to look nice and clean because he's going to give you life. But he doesn't just want to give you life. He wants to give you abundant life. What does that mean? Today, God wants to put color in your life. Because life with Jesus is not boring, is not bland, is not whack. Life with Jesus is a brilliant, colorful experience. So here's what God wants to do. God wants to take your life and put color in your life. So that when the world sees you, they see something different. He he wants to take this is called the Holy Spirit, by the way. He wants to take your perfection that only Jesus can do at the cross, making you from dirty to clean. This is what Jesus is. And then he says, not only do I want to clean you, but now when people see you, they're going to see something different. Because I'm not just going to give you life. I'm going to give you abundant life. I'm going to give you the life that you've been hiding from in the closet. I'm going to give you that life. I'm going to give you life. Uh Wherever you go, people are going to say, hey, what's wrong with you? And you're going to say, you don't understand. I met Jesus. And when Jesus came into my life, he changed me. He gave me purpose. He made me clean. But not only did he make me clean, he put a joy. He put happiness. He put peace. He put love. He put forgiveness. This is what God has came to the world so that you and I can come alive. The question is, as I close, are you willing to come out of your closet space? Are you willing to get caught in your hide-and-seek game? Say, God, I I, want to get caught. Or are you going to continue to stay hiding and hiding and hiding when God wants you to surrender and say, God, I give in. I want to get caught by you. You might not like what you see i might be a hot mess but i'm willing for you to catch me i don't want to hide another day i don't want to live an unhappy life disguised by what the world says living is and when you make me clean and then when you make me clean god can you put spice in my life and put color in my life. That even if I don't have the dream job, I have the joy of the Lord. That even if I don't have what the world says, the Lord then does, he's okay. Or you, you, How much color do you want in you? We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.